This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham. Pre-power hour is upon us on a Cinco de Mayo. Yep. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. We continue to stream live on the ESPN app. I'm still going solo back here in the basement. I got dogs. I don't have Robert. Yep. I don't have Captain Ron. Yep. My partner's down there at home in Cartersville. Otto, he's not even yep. here either. So uh, other than maybe some AT&T technicians, there's uh, nobody else roaming the uh, premise. So that's what we got going on down here in the well, basement. Kind of quiet. What's you got the AT&T people in there for? What's well, the AT&T people doing you there? you know, today? there's always technical issues. You know, you have a multi-million dollar studio in here, and uh, you got to make sure things are tightened up, Wes. So we got AT&T technicians around, and uh, but no executives. No executives. So that's what we got. Keeping everybody close. That's it. I understand. All right. Uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, you know the story here. Luke Gold will be here bottom of the hour. Dan McDonald, head baseball coach of the Louisville Cardinals, will be here at 845. Luke Gold, by the way, one of the uh, highly thought-of college baseball prospects from uh, Boston College. We will talk to him at 830. Looking forward to our first visit with Luke. Mac's been here a bunch. We always love catching up with Dan McDonald. He's got a great team, too. They're they're slinging it and slamming it. I mean, they can pitch it a little bit, and they've hit the fool out of it during the course of the year. So we're looking forward to talking to him coming up as well. 9 o'clock hour, Charlotte North will be here along with Pete D'Amour, the uh, head softball coach at Virginia Tech. Charlotte North, well, shoot, that's just the best women's lacrosse player in the galaxy, kids. Pretty simple. So, busy show coming up here in the last two frames. Tell you what, I am uh... – Looking forward to number one against number two on Saturday night right here on ACC Network. And that's not mm-hmm. in the league. That is in the country. North Carolina, B.C. Yep. It really is a a blooming rivalry. They are so good. North Carolina has dominated the league. Mm-hmm. B.C. won the national championship last year. You want star power? That game gives it to you, man. Both sides. Great scores. Offensive-minded game up and down. The ladies can flat out play. Number one, North Carolina. Number two, BC. That's coming up Saturday night, 6 p.m. And, of course, we got post-game coverage, too, uh, here on the network. That is going to be a big-time deal for a championship, too, on top of it. Really cool. Um, let's check ranking. These are all the spring sports except Packers rowing rankings, which, as it's you tomorrow. know, has become a Friday tradition on this show. It's yeah, tomorrow. It's tomorrow. So – here is all of the spring rankings updated for you, except rowing. Let's start with <laughs> baseball. D1 baseball's got a top 25 out that features seven Atlantic Coast Conference teams. And the highest ranked ACC baseball team in the latest D1 top 25 is Virginia Tech Pack at number five. Hokies baseball, Hokies softball having a spectacular spring. The ACC, as I mentioned yesterday, seven in the top 25. That is the most of any conference in America. They've got three teams ranked in the top 10. That is the most of anybody in America. Uh, It has been a great baseball season. And, man, get your tickets now for Charlotte, North Carolina, for the ACC baseball tournament at the end of the month because it is going to be out of sight. And, of course, we'll touch base with Luke Gold of B.C., coming up the bottom of the hour, who Mike Rooney the other day on our show said, this guy is a major league player, period. He plays like one, he acts like one, he approaches the game like one, and we look forward to having him make his debut on the show coming up here in 25 minutes. Uh, Virginia Tech 5, followed by Miami at 6. Louisville is 10. Dan McDonald coming up in about 40 minutes. Virginia 14 after uh, the weekend. Notre Dame 16, Georgia Tech 21, and 23rd is Florida State Pack. So those are the seven schools in the D1 Baseball Top 25. By the way, congratulations to Danny Hall and his two assistants. Yesterday, a contract extension announced for the staff at Georgia Tech that will take them through the 25 campaign. And also keep in mind that 12 of the 14 ACC teams have made it into the top 25 at some point in time this season. So we've got seven currently, but of course, when everybody starts playing people, Mm -hmm. you get knocked out. But it just goes to show you about the quality of the depth, not only at the very top, but throughout the entire league. It is a very, very good baseball conference. Yep. Let's go to the ESPN.com USA Softball Collegiate Top 25. 
And there we find the number two team in the country is the highest ranked ACC team, and that is Virginia Tech. They lead the list of five ACC schools in the top 25. And, of course, Coach Pete will be here with us uh, next hour. They are just ahead of Florida State, who is third. Duke is 13th. 17th is Clemson. And 21st is Notre Dame. And as Pac told you, the ACC softball championships in Pittsburgh. And that event should be a boondoggle as well, given the uh, power the ACC is featuring in the top 25 this week. And I go back to last year, Wes, because it was really kind of a teaching moment for all of us uh, as we were following softball and baseball and all the spring sports a year ago. And it was all about Clemson and Florida State. That was the storyline last year. They didn't mm-hmm. see each other in the regular season. Oh, they're going to go to Louisville for the tournament. We're going to finally get a chance to see Clemson, Florida State. Who's going to come out winning it? Uh, the answer was Duke. Duke was the answer to the question. So, you know, while we sit here and talk about what a great year it's been for Virginia Tech, and they are tremendous, great pitching, and they just got the whole yep. – their whole DNA feels like a championship team. What Lonnie's got at Florida State, I just rattled through the numbers last hour after they swept Florida last night. You know, when you're sitting there at 14-0 and on national television and 14-2 and against ranked opponents and 30-0 and against non-conference – I mean, this is a big-time program. So you got two mm-hmm. absolute alphas sitting there with Virginia Tech and Florida State – and Duke and Notre Dame and Clemson are certainly good enough to not only take care of business but also win the ACC title. That softball tournament next week, you said in Pittsburgh, get your tickets while you can. Uh, it will be high, high entertainment. And there is some serious talent. Absolutely. Uh, men's lacrosse here. Let's get to the inside lacrosse division. One poll. Uh, there are four teams ranked. Headlined by number three, Virginia. Followed by Notre Dame, that is seventh. Duke, that is 12th, and number 19 is North Carolina on the men's side. Well, Anish Shroff, who I respect his lacrosse opinion because he loves it. He's a Syracuse guy. Same thing with Drew Carter. Uh, They were in here for you this week. Uh, But Anish said this game coming up this weekend with Notre Dame and Duke is a loser-leave-town match as far as the NCAA tournament Mm. goes. It's just one of those deals that, hey – Somebody wins, somebody loses. And Notre Dame has been super hot, but as Anish pointed out, Duke has been a thorn in Notre Dame's side. So something's got to give. Virginia's already locked and loaded. They've got, you know, they're going to win the the regular season. But if Notre Dame wins, they end up tying Virginia uh, from a conference perspective. Uh, There is no men's tournament this year. Keep that in mind. End of the regular season, and we get cranked up for the NCAA selection shows coming up this weekend. But Anish says Notre Dame and Duke this weekend. Man, this this is a loser-leave-town match. Winner's going to be in. Loser's probably going to be out. So something to pay attention to this week. All right. The uh, women's lacrosse is uh, sponsored by the Women's Coaches Association Inside Lacrosse's Top 25 poll. And as we've told you uh, all this week, number one plays number two on Saturday night at 6 o'clock for the ACC championship. And number one, of course, is North Carolina. And number two is Boston College. Uh, Kayla Trainer's Syracuse women are fifth. Uh, Duke is 11. Virginia is 14. And Notre Dame is 15. That is six teams in the top 15 in the women's lacrosse top 25. That is a strong strong piece of work because remember a week ago we were talking about Virginia having to win to stay in Boy, the Cavaliers did that and more in their quest to try and make it back to a uh, another NCAA tournament and keep in mind Syracuse is five on this list last week they were number three on this list until they got mm-hmm. knocked off by Virginia uh, in the tournament the league's great always has been and it just goes to show you really how good North Carolina and BC must be to be still sitting there one and two after seeing all that competition during the regular season. We get an ACC championship, really kind of an epic title game, one versus two on Saturday night, 6 p.m. right here on ACC Network. Uh, Let me give you some of the golf pairings uh, in terms of the NCAA tournament. Those announcements were made yesterday, uh, or rather on Monday. Ten Atlantic Coast Conference women's golf teams are in bids to the 2022 regionals. Wake Forest is the number one seed. Uh, They're joined by Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Louisville, Miami, North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Uh, They've had at least eight teams in the NCAA regionals in in each of the last eight years, ten or more in four of the last six, Pac. 
So women's golf continues to be really strong in this league. And this year, uh, for the NCAA regionals, six regionals for the ladies, which is a different number than years past. There'll be the top four teams and the low two individuals that are not on those teams in those six respective regionals mm-hmm. will then move on to Arizona for the national championship. Yep. And all that gets cranked up coming up this week for the ladies and the men's the week after. And, of course, the men's announcements were this week. Uh, ladies were announced on yep. it last week. But, nevertheless, the ACC with right. 10 in and uh, a couple individuals on top of that as well. So, um, again, not surprising. Uh, again, Wake Forest wins the yeah. ACC re- uh, tournament. Uh, Kim Llewellyn's team takes care of business. Of course, Jerry Haas on the men's side wins it. So Wake Forest mm-hmm. with the sweep in the golf department. But the men just came out yesterday, I believe, and uh, we'll go yep. through that list. Yeah, they got 10 as well. Uh, the 10 league representatives, second most from any conference, equals the ACC record that had been previously set in 2015 and 2021. 15th time in the last 16 years that at least eight ACC teams earned a regional bid on the men's side as well. And, and by the way, Wake Forest winning the tournament down on the Gulf. Yeah, and one other thing too, Connor Burgess uh, from Virginia Tech uh, was able to get an invite as an individual, even though the Hokies golf team didn't. He did. So mm-hmm. you got ten teams, one individual, and unlike the ladies, uh, they also have six regional sites for the men. But it's the top five teams plus the low individual mm-hmm. not on one of those teams that advances out to Scottsdale. And that'll be a week after the ladies. So that's how it works. So the next really three to four weeks uh, loaded with great uh, uh, college golf action. And by the way, one other note real quick. I know it's not on our list, but I'll just give a shout out. He was just on our show last week. Uh, Jacob Bridgman, who won the uh, mm-hmm. men's individual title for the ACC championship today at the Wells Fargo on the PGA Tour makes his debut. So we wish him the very best. Again, he was just on the show last week. That? And he is, as we said, been golfing his ball. He's had 49 rounds in the 60s, uh, which is 49 more than I had at Clemson. And uh, he is really, really a big-time player. Right now, number two in the country in the collegiate individual round. So uh, give him a shout-out as he jumps on the PGA Tour this weekend and be something cool to watch today and tomorrow. Hopefully he can make the cut. That would be an incredible story. All right, we pivot to tennis. Nine ACC teams earned bids to the uh, men's championship for the NCAA. Third time in the last four years, the ACC has placed at least nine in the event. Uh, That's the second most of any conference, by the way. Virginia is the number seven seed. Wake Forest a nine. Uh, North Carolina, 15. Duke, Florida State, Louisville, Miami, NC State, Notre Dame also earned selections uh, from the NCAA on Monday night. On the women's side pack, eight teams selected to the 22 championships, five national seeds, uh, five top 16 seeds of the most of any league. Carolina is three, Duke is five, Virginia six, NC State nine, Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Wake Forest also bids as well. So there you go. I would say, uh, just rattling through that, and that, by the way, that last 12 minutes of uh, content, had nothing had nothing to do with way 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 too early. Those are real numbers in a real season with real results. That's, that's not Pack and yep. West sitting around going, "Man, I really think the ACC could get sick." No, 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 no. That would be irrelevant. What we just gave you over the last thirteen minutes is basically what men and women have accomplished. And to say that the league That's right. has been spectacular this spring would be an understatement. And everything we just gave you over the last 13 minutes kind of points to that direction. Now, we wish them the very best. Hopefully we get some serious hardware coming back to respective schools. But I like our chances in a number of these sports, Wes. Big picture. There you go. When we come back, uh, we dive into the home run race in the Atlantic Coast Conference we have talked about it, and now we're headed down the final quarter, if you will. Kevin Parada leads the country in home runs, but he's got guys chasing him. We'll talk about it next. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. We're getting ready to talk yep. about going yard. All right, speaking of being out in the outfield, because you got to be careful at Doug Kingsmore this weekend, because Kevin Parada is coming to town. And Max Wagner from Clemson has been hitting balls into the softball park. All right. Those two dudes are yeah. one and one A going yard in the ACC, right? 23 and 21, respectively. We're going to go through this list here in a second. What will be the over and under? I'll, I'll, I'll beat Brooks to his own game here. 
What will be the over and under on the combination of Parada and Wagner going yard this weekend in that three-game set? What, what would you set the, the number under? What would you set the number? Those two dudes. Just those two guys. Forget the two. teams. Two. two. Oh, two. you're crazy. It's over two. They're going to hit more than two. Those two guys? Well, let Brooks hit. set the line. Let Brooks set the line. All right. Brooks is like, you know, one of these experts. It'll be more than two. It. The way Parada and, and Max are hitting the baseball, they're, they're going to go yard, man. It'll be more than two, I think. I'd Here's the question. Way over two. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. More walks or home runs between the two? Oh, home runs. Really? I say walks. All right. I think, listen, it, it will be worth watching because just those two guys alone, when, when they come to the plate, something's going to happen. I mean, they're going to hit it hard. Yeah. And, and Well, Kevin Parada's had 23 home, 23 home runs, 22 walks. Max Wagner's had 21 home runs, 33 walks. I hope the wind's blowing out, too. I hope the wind's blowing I out. I hope I that those two dudes can put on a show, man. I'm well, telling you. Let me let me also say if the wind happens to be blowing in from right field, the right fielder will not be available for the game because he'll be eating. Because that's right. how bad that smoke is. Well, that'd be smoke induced in right field. That Cajun Cafe, it's no joke yeah, over there in right field. They they, they know what they're doing over there in right no field. No joke. Yeah, it's good. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's good. That'd be a good. That'd be a fun so, series. Fun series. All right. Speaking of Parada and Wagner, promo appropriate coming back here before our visit at the uh, bottom of the hour with Luke Gold because Kevin Parada leads the nation in home runs with 23, 74 RBIs, 21 strikeouts, 22 walks for Parada out of Pasadena, California. Max Wagner, who Pac just spoke of, 21 home runs, 61 RBIs, 36 strikeouts, 33 walks. Tommy Tanks, the freshman Tommy White, on the shelf a little bit, but 19 home runs, 56 RBIs. Jake Geloff, 17 home runs. And Brendan Tinsman, also 17 home runs. That's the top five chase going down the stretch of the regular season. And, of course, Parada, the nation's leader, at 23. Now, let's go conference only. This is why Pac asked the question. Parada, Wagner, Tanner Scoble of Virginia Tech has 11 home runs. Tensman has nine. Georgia Tech's Andrew Jenkins has nine. Alex Tappan of Virginia has nine. So the question, I guess, becomes, can Parada finish the drill here for the home run chase in the ACC pack? Yeah, he can. He absolutely can. But I'm telling you, Matt Max is going – he's been ridiculous here on late. He's been on a great tear – um, you know, Virginia, you got Geloff on that list in the top five. Who's put a 14 spot on last night, but he did not go yard. So he's stuck at 17. Tommy White, we don't know if he will be back. Again, Elliot Avent said we're going to have to wait and see how the shoulder feels this week. Maybe some DH best case scenario. We'll see, but uh, hopefully he'll be back and good to go here in another week or two. Back. But we got some dudes now that can rake in this league. If you like the long ball, brother, this is your conference because they we they got guys. I man, I'm telling you, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Friday night. If you want to put your feet up and say, "All right," I heard these guys talk about these two guys, Parada and Wagner. You will not be disappointed, man. They're coming up there to hit it hard, and they normally do. Yeah. Looks like Miami pitching had to go to a chiropractor after watching Kevin Parada last week. And, and Miami's been rolling. Their necks. I know, but, man, yeah. I'm telling you, Georgia Tech can hit. Clemson's going yard, too. Now, granted, yeah. we're going to talk to Coach Dan coming up from Louisville here, and they just put 35 on the board against the Tigers for a three-game mm-hmm. set and only scored one the other night against Vandy, and that was still plenty with the 14 Ks in the pitching. So, Louisville's rolling. They lead the Atlantic by one game on Notre Dame. Miami's comfortably ahead, but here come the Hokies. We got great races on both sides, but Charlotte, late month of May, here, I'm telling you, it'll be great. Bat ballpark, you don't think those guys are going to eat up Truist Park? Goodness gracious. Yeah. It will be They'll a be blast. banging it off buildings. Oh, it's uh, Last player, by the way, nationally, with at least 21 homers in a season, 
to finish with more homers than strikeouts was Andrew Vaughn uh, four years ago in 2018 of California out in the Pac-12. He hit 23 homers and had 18 strikeouts, and he won the Golden Spikes Award, of which Kevin Parada, I'm sure, is going to be ticketed on there as well. I want to show you the ACC home run leaders with their strikeouts here of note. Uh, we're going to go back a couple of years. Matthew Nelson of Florida State, who wore the – remember he wore the number 60. Remember that pack? He was yeah. a, a 60 number, 60 digit. He had 23 home runs, 58 strikeouts. Alex Toral, uh, Miami, he had 24 home runs, 69 strikeouts. Then we get down to guys who knew kind of – had a little more, you know, home run discipline, if you will. Seth Beer, 22 homers, 36 strikeouts. Gavin Sheets, 2017, he had 21 homers, 37 strikeouts. Seth Beer, 18 home runs, 27 strikeouts also in his great career at Virginia. So uh, it's it's always interesting to look at the um, the numbers. Uh, by the way, Alex Toral in, uh, in 2019, he, uh, he transferred from Miami and finished at Florida State. It was one of those situations where you kind of looked at him and said, wait a second, I remember that guy. He was the 2019 home run leader in the ACC at Miami and then it, uh, transferred to Florida State to uh, to uh, polish up. So there you go. There's, I remember uh, the story on Alex Terrell. I remember old Seth Beer laying him out there at Cajun, right? Cajun Cafe. Boy, yeah. he, he had crazy. He'd get up there and start pounding it down there into the smoke. And Doug Kingsmore now. Yep. That dude could hit. Yep. Holy mackerel. Um, Softball-wise, I want, I want to show you this, too, about home runs. Michaela uh, Edenfield at Florida State has got 16 home runs. Uh, Jameson Cavill at Duke, 15. Cameron – or, I'm sorry, Carmen Greenwood, 14, at Louisville with Taylor Roby. Taylor Roby has 15. I beg your pardon. I, th- I said she had 14. She has 15. Greenwood, 14. Christina Foreman, who was with you guys earlier this week, 13. And Logan Morris has 13. Uh, by the way, Cable also has uh, less strikeouts than home runs. 15 home runs, 13 strikeouts in softball, which is doing some things too, by the way. Uh, I was so impressed with Christina Foreman. When she joined us this week, I know you're on the links, but um, man, great academically, terrific player, yeah. working on name, image, and likeness. Uh, you know, again, we always brag about the student athletes on this show, uh, but when we got done talking to her, um, it was just like, you know what, that that right there is a perfect example of what an ACC student athlete's all about. Got the degrees, working on the game, yeah. working on name, image, and likeness. Uh, totally understood. Talked really profusely regarding the the details of, of May being Mental Health Awareness Month and what it meant to them, what they're going through, what they discuss. Uh, Unity Week. I mean, mm-hmm. she was just a total package. Really, really impressive. Yep. Yep. So there's a look at the long ball, both baseball, both baseball and softball. Uh, when we come back, we're off to Chestnut Hill before Luke Gold heads to Tallahassee for a weekend baseball series. He makes his Packer and Durham debut next on ACCN. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Thursday. Not just a regular Thursday. It's Cinco de Mayo. But you know what? We're now going to talk to a guy. Mike Rooney the other day said this guy is a major league baseball player. All right? Makes his debut with us. Luke Gold joins us from Boston College. Luke, it's a pleasure finally getting you on the show. Uh, first of all, congratulations on all your success. And, uh, man, it, you are fun to watch the plate, my man. You can get it done. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I know uh, it takes uh, a ton of work. Let me just follow up real quick on this, Wes, and we're going to have some fun with Luke. Um, you know, you're up there in Boston. I'm just kidding around with you. I was watching the Red Sox game last night, and – you know, it's the first week in May. Everybody's bundled up, and we're down here in the south where it's 85 degrees. But there's something about playing in Boston, isn't it? Whether you're a Red Sox fan, playing baseball for BC, uh, the culture of baseball in Boston, can, how do you describe it to outsiders? Yeah, I would say for an outsider, it can be described as tough. 
Um, you know, we can't really get outside, you know, eight to ten months out of the year like some southern schools do. So it gives us a lot of time to work on stuff inside, work on the fundamentals. And, you know, we're, we're out in the field, plowing the field off in January when it's 25, 30 degrees out in the field and kind of got to do what it takes to, you know, get our reps in. Luke, you're living in 300. Uh, you're living in mid-300s most of this season. Take me through the discipline of just the journey in college baseball because we've talked about it this year. Mark and I have. We talked with Coach Gambino. We talked with a lot of guys playing, other coaches as well, just about the dynamics of pitching and hitting, especially in this league. It seems like most teams have both in some form or fashion where you got to get through the year. So what's the journey been like for you this season? Yeah, it's, it's been really like a growing, uh, kind of a growing journey throughout the whole season. Um, you know, the more, I, the more I play, the more at-bats I have, the more I realize that baseball is kind of a sport where you can never really be satisfied. Um, you always kind of got to be looking for that next thing to work on, that, that next mechanical adjustment, the next approach at the plate. So I think just kind of embracing that mindset and going up every single day, trying to have good at-bats, trying to hit the ball hard um, is ultimately is gonna, is gonna be what uh, helps me you know, help the team out the All most. Right, but- Okay, but but let me ask you this. You've got 175 plate appearances, and you only got 23 strikeouts. So you know what you're doing at the plate. How, how do you – how do you can you walk us through an at-bat a little bit about just kind of the mindset you go through? Yeah, so let's say like in an ideal at-bat, um, I'm looking for a fastball over the plate and, you know, the first couple pitches – I find that I'm the most successful when I'm aggressive early in the count. Um, even if it's not the most perfect pitch to hit, if, if it's a strike that I'm on time for, I can normally do pretty good damage. And like you mentioned with the strikeouts, um, I just try to be tough with two strikes. Um, sometimes choke up on the bat a little bit, just try to put the ball in play and just try to be a really tough out. Luke, I can't believe you answered that question. You know why? Because Parker Messick watches this show every morning. <laughs> yeah, and you, okay, and you sure get, he does. And you get the Knowles this weekend. And let me tell you something, that filthy lefty now, you know what's coming your way when you see Parker Messick this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty good challenge to look ahead of. Um, you know, obviously leading the nation in strikeouts, but, you know, I'm, I'm confident in our plan, our scouting report, so I'm, I'm excited for that challenge that we got on Friday night. So who, I mean, take Florida State out of it because you get them this weekend. Put them over here on the side. Who in the league, when you come to the plate, you say, you know what, this guy, this guy, you know, he got some nasty stuff. Who, who's the guy that immediately pops in your head in the ACC on the mound? Um, I would say it was a guy from last year, and uh, Andrew Abbott from Virginia. Yeah. Really good lefty. Oh, yeah. He had a really good, like, electric fastball, really good off-speed stuff, and he could really pitch. I saw he's kind of been tearing up in the minors this year as well. So he was probably in my three years, like, the toughest at-bat that I've had. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, um, I'm i fascinated kind of by the journey here a little bit for you. Uh, just, the, I mean, for Mike Rooney to say you're the best pure hitter in the ACC, I mean, it's a good baseball league, Luke. Um, you got to take a lot of pride in this part of the game. I, I, but I also know, too, you want to be good defensively. I mean, you're not half-stepping on that side, right? Right. Yeah, that, that's definitely one of the biggest things I was, uh, you know, focusing on kind of ending last summer, going into the fall, and this, this winter was just improving my overall defense, um, being more versatile and able to play multiple positions in the infield and kind of settled in a second base this year. It's kind of where I feel the most comfortable and, you know, I've put in a lot of good work with Coach Gambino and other other coaches at BC, and uh, I feel like I've made pretty good strides in that regard in my game. You got any superstitions? I mean, all baseball. Baseball, I mean, they have the biggest combination of superstition dudes <laughs> I know on the planet. But do you got anything that goes uh, that, hey, on Tuesdays I eat uh, green beans? I mean, you tell me. Um, Not a whole lot. I do like to chew the same kind of gum during every game. The uh, It's tried and original in the, in the blue pack. That that's really it when it comes to baseball superstitions. It's got to be the same same type of gum every game. Now, where did that start? Hmm. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I think it was sometime like beginning of last year. I kind of got on a on a hot streak to start the year, and I noticed I was chewing the same gum. So I guess you know, ever since then, it passed summer, and then this year too, I've been chewing the same gum every single game. Let me ask what we should try, Wes. Maybe right. that's what we should do. Try to gum in the blue pack. <laughs> right. Maybe it'll change our luck a little bit. Not wearing. No, no, no. I, I, I got I, I to gotta figure out something here, though. You're playing college baseball at BC, 
and you're from Boston, New York, right? Mm-hmm. So does that make you a Yankees fan in Boston? Yes, I am a Yankees fan. Um, mm. Haven't gotten too much grief from it, honestly, <laughs> since being here at BC. Um, got a few other of my teammates who are Yankees fans as well. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll always, you know, bleed pinstripes, I guess. Wow. How do you get away with that? All right. So how's that work? Yeah, how's that work? I mean, honestly, like I've been both to Fenway and, and Yankee Stadium. I do enjoy being at Fenway more. Obviously, we got to play there a few weeks ago for the ALS awareness yeah, game. Cool. But, I mean, yeah, I'd, like growing up, guys like, you know, Gary Sheffield, Alex Rodriguez, Jeter, they were like all my favorite players and kind of always just been a Yankees fan, you know, to this day. Look, when you're playing at Fenway, it. and again, I know you had Virginia Tech for that series. Um, like, you know, you're a baseball nut. We all are. Um, I can't even imagine, like, sitting in the dugout at Fenway thinking, oh, my God, just imagine the people that have been sitting right here in this spot, and you get to go out there and get a chance to play. I mean, it's almost got to be surreal, isn't it? Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, even, like, kind of right when we first got there, they gave us, like, a half hour to kind of just walk around the field and just take it in before we even did any warm-up stuff. Um, and, you know, like you said, just all the, you know, the legends and guys who, like, shaped the game of baseball that played there, like, to just to be on the same field as them and play where they play, it was just an unbelievable opportunity and, you know, very fortunate that we were able to have that opportunity to raise so much awareness and so much money for ALS and their, the community. So cool. Okay, Luke. Um, Take the uh, – okay, the Fenway experience being kind of set aside, and that's hard to do here. Um, we talk about hitting here, and we've had guys on who – you know, Kevin Parada was with us last week or so. We were talking about, you know, home run balls, but he also talked about the discipline of it. So when you start to work on it, and you talked about your plate approach and things like that, give me guys that you, you try to emulate or guys you pick up stuff from as you, as you watch games unfold during the year yeah so i mean i would say like a, a major league guy that i really like to watch um is a guy like you know dj lemayhu he's kind of a, mm. i would say he's like a similar player to myself like a bigger you know taller infielder but i just like the way he hits he really uses all fields and you know not, not to mention he's got a good amount of power too so to kind of just see a guy like that and watch how he navigates at bats um you know it's pretty cool and you know that's kind of try that's who I try to emulate on a daily basis against a guy like him. By the way, have you, have you been able to dabble in any name, image, and likeness given your success this year and uh, the fact that you've been around mm. the block a few times? Um, not a whole lot. Um, they, they, we have you know, plenty of resources at BC, but up to this point it hasn't really something that I've you know, pursued a whole lot. But. Well, is that on purpose or is that just because, hey, given where I am right now, I'm concentrating on, on my game, our team, and everything else? Yeah, pretty much that. And it's it's still kind of like a new space. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to make sure if I'm going to get into that stuff and I'm, you know, fully fully knowledgeable and, you know, aware of kind of like what the possible consequences may be. Got stuff it. like that. Hmm. Got it. Hey, um, okay, you grew up in New York. We talked about you being a Yankees fan. Here's the last thing from me. You grew up near Saratoga, didn't you? Yep, about 10 minutes away. So is does that make you a horse racing guy for the weekend and the derby? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, the track's a great time in the summer. Just a great summer place and had a lot of fun days yeah. there, you know, with my family and friends. So so you'll be watching, try to watch a little bit Saturday. I know you got a series with Florida State, but, you know, you kind of pay attention to the derby. Yeah, yeah, I like to pay attention. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of you know, my, my dad, my, my grandparents, my uncles, you know, they're they're, you know, big horse racing fans. So, you know, they'll be tuning in, and I'll try to watch when I can, you know, with the game on Saturday. Uh, Luke, okay. I, Luke, I've never been to uh, Saratoga. I, I've heard it's, like, incredibly, stunningly beautiful, and that's like a bucket list mm. item, even if you don't know a thing about horse racing. Uh, and, I mean, I've had, I bet you, a dozen people tell me that in my lifetime. So that's, that's on my list. So is the Derby. So what makes a weekend of horse racing so much fun? Like, you, you give me an experience that, that you have with me with your buddies. I mean, is it one of those things you dress up where you just come in with your Yankee baseball hat and something cold to drink? I mean, you tell me. What, what's the attitude? What's the vibe there? Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of just like a whole day experience. Um, you get dressed up a little nice. Um, sometimes I'll go with my friends and we'll, you know, 
get at the gates early in the morning when they open up and try to get us a couple picnic tables. And it's kind of just, like I said, a whole day experience. You get there, you know, late morning, kind of, you know, buy a program, look at the, the horses and things like that. And just kind of like the whole, you know, vibe and aura around the track, just really fun. It's just a great summer place. And, you know, it's a great experience to be a part of. So, so like, like when you get a program, you can actually handicap what's going on. I mean, you're, you're that kind of guy. I mean, you can say, Hey, listen, you know, uh, I like the, I like the five horse in the third race. I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing. I try to act like I do. I'll just, I'll mostly like look at the odds and stuff like that. And there's like a couple trainers that I know a little bit about. But other than that, I just, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm winging it. But it, right. it's a lot of fun to do with my friends. You know what? That's what we do on this show. We just wing it for three hours. Wing it. Looks, it, it we look like it. professionals. That's exactly what happens on this show. But we're really show, not. Buddy. All right. Before we let you go. We have this, no idea what we're doing. That's right. Before we let you go, uh, again, congrats on all your success. Um, yeah, but we are you. going to throw this question on you. Since you've been at Boston College, what has been your hardest class? Ooh, um, I would have to say it was business law um, the fall of my freshman year. Just a lot of reading, a lot Ooh. of memorization. Um, yeah, that, that, that class was kind of a doozy. It was tough. Well, you may ha you may come in. That could come in handy once we see you in Major League Baseball doing your thing, man. We'll be rooting for you, man. You, you are a big-time player. Class act, man, continued success. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Hey, Luke, great to have you with us. Be well, and good luck against Florida State. We'll be following along. Uh, yeah. The baseball beat continues here on Packer and Durham. Dan McDonald from Louisville, Kentucky. Speaking of horse racing, you think Max got a favorite on Saturday? Good chance. His team going to be on the road. Looking forward to talking to the – Coach of the Cards, next on Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham on a Thursday. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. I was just thinking that Luke was uh, talking about his hardest class a second ago. Nothing like business law your freshman year, right? Right? Well, and here's, here's the other thing business law during covid yeah if he took it his freshman year that means he took it online during the pandemic Ooh, class uh, is hard enough in person uh he's a sharp dude now and uh you know when you have yeah. real baseball people say hey just watch the swing the balls it's different when he hits it just sounds different uh you know right. when guys like mike rooney say hey that guy right there he is a major league baseball player Take note. Uh, it's going to be yep. fun to watch him even after he departs Boston College just to see how far he goes. It would not surprise me at all to watch him on Major League Baseball at some point in time. That would not shock me. Oh, no. No, I think the the smart play is he's become a multi-position guy too. You know, plays in different spots. This year it's been second base. He's played a little bit in the outfield in the past for those guys. He's played other spots around the infield. That's a key element now. The versatility is going to be a huge piece in his pro stock. But, you know, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of those guys, you know, Aaron Fitt and all those guys that you talked to in the past, those are the guys that kind of project him. Um, I You know, first round, I, Parada, in talking to some people this past week, Parada is definitely one of those guys that's that's got a first-round look. Um, I think Luke Gold potentially, I mean, could be that guy too. It would be interesting to see how the – you know, BC's going to have a hard time making the tournament pack. We know that from a record standpoint, right? Yep. Um, but but Gold himself has done enough, I think, to draw enough attention to uh, to potentially be a pretty high pick. So. I also thought his answer regarding name, image, and likeness was interesting because, I mean, this would be a guy, you know, in a real mm -hmm. baseball market like Boston uh, where they love it. You know, they put up with – they keep up with everything baseball in Boston. Uh, sure. For a kid to be right. as talented as he is, you know there's got to be incredible opportunities for him. And he said, you know, I really haven't dealt with that. I'll worry about that. But I can really put my arms around it. I'm concentrating on my game and my team. I, I thought that was a great answer for somebody that could easily mm -hmm. tap into saying, hey, yeah, I'll take some extra dollars here left and right. He's working on his craft. And uh, the guy, is a, I'm telling you, he's a big-time talent. But that was a cool answer. He is a big-time talent. I, w I, would, I would add this to our bigger, broader question about name image and likeness and discussion there are some spots at some schools because of the marketplace and the size of the city 
it's not as easy as everybody thinks. The And I know people are saying, well, what about this thing in Miami? That is a different deal out there, okay? But for somebody like Luke Gold playing baseball in a top 10 media market and a marketing market like that, it's got to be a specific piece. It's got to be a fit, right? And I think that's what you're seeing. They're, they're, like Charlotte North, and we'll talk to Charlotte in the next hour from, from Boston College. For her, I think it's been more geared to women's lacrosse, camps and things like that nature, right, to do some NIL things. For Luke Gold, I imagine it's going to be more secular in nature as well, much more of a specific fit. I think we've seen that with some of the Olympic sports athletes when it comes to their name, image, and likeness. It's not a common brand. It's a fit within the sport, be it equipment, be it a camp, be it a brand affiliated with that sport from a apparel perspective or things like that. That, uh, that makes those fits maybe more unique than others. I'll tell you what's the unique fit is when you have a billionaire who loves your school. I, I, you could be out in the middle of the country or in a top 10 market. I don't care where you are. But when you've got the billionaire rah-rah guy that says, hey, listen, uh, it matters to me that my team is good. In right. this day and age, name, image, and likeness. You could be in Blacksburg, Clemson, South Carolina, or you could be in a major market like Boston or Atlanta or Miami. When you get a guy that can write the check, he writes the check or she writes the check. That's correct. That, that's just the way it works. I mean, to me, college yeah. sports has always been an emotional buy. It's always an emotional mm-hmm. buy. It always has been. So when you've got dudes uh, who can write that check and it's now allowable until proven otherwise, they write the check. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, and and that's what's happening in some places no matter what the conceptual business attachment is, right? Like uh, what the the whole situation out at Southern California is an NIL that's basically for a hedge fund, right? Isn't that the way it works? I mean, the stories that have come out of Southern California about what's happening with Caleb Williams and potential other USC football players, they're basically signing to an NIL agreement with a hedge fund. When's the last time you saw a hedge fund advertise? Well, you know, there's some people who believe all this will take care of itself one way or the other. Well, you know, you you better be careful what you wish for when you say that, because you may end up only having, I don't know, five or ten teams that can actually afford people in that position to write that kind of check. Well, So we'll see where it goes. It's a fascinating time in college athletics. All right, let's go to Derby City. Speaking of the weekend, Dan McDonald's team is going to be on the road. Why? Because they run this thing in a race on Saturday. And Mac and that crowd gets out of town for good reasons. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Cards. How are we, man? All right, guys. How you doing? We're good, Coach. Uh, you know, you, you put 35 uh, on my beloved Clemson Tigers in three games. And, uh, man, I'm like, wow, they're just hitting everything in sight. And then this week you say, hey, Vanderbilt, we only need one. I mean, you're hitting, you're pitching, you're playing your best baseball at the right time of the year. I know it's May. It's time to be good. And, man, your team's really playing well. Well, thanks. And and your Clemson Tigers, they, they, they were able to put some runs up on us too. I mean, that was a that was a really good offense. And, and we had NC State the weekend before. And, and the ACC, uh, as you guys know, man, it's strong this year. But anytime you can win a one nothing game, especially against an opponent like Vanderbilt, we needed that probably as much as anything. We, we didn't need to win another 10-8 game or 12-8, 12-10 game. We, we've shown we can score runs. We're averaging close to 10 runs a game. It was we, we needed to win some low-scoring low games, and we beat Kentucky in a 4-2 game. We pitched well, and then obviously Vanderbilt, a one nothing shutout. That was a huge boost for us as, as we go on the road and have back-to-back ACC road weekends with you know with only nine ACC games left. Well, Mac, that's the one thing that, that Mark and I have kind of gotten caught up in the discussion here this week is uh, this is now May, and I know every coach thinks the same way in the month of May. The series that were critical earlier in the season were still critical, but now all of a sudden you got a little bit more of a premium on these than, uh, than maybe you would have had, let's say, in March. By the time you get to May, you're, you're doing this not just because of what you got to do, but it's also about where you're going, I think, right? It's it's yes and no. Uh, we you know we we break the ACC day game series down into thirty games, thirty battles to, to to complete this war, 
and every game matters. So yes, the the series in in March matters as much. It's just more eyes are on it, and I think the kids can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so what we did do in our road trip to Vanderbilt the other day was I saw we had seven road games of the next eight, one being Vanderbilt and then the three at Wake Forest and the three at Virginia Tech. So knowing we got a bunch of Midwest kids, we got a lot of hockey fans, hmm. uh, we're, we're calling it playoff hockey. And and as <laughs> I told the guys, I, I, I believe in hockey more than any other sport, the road team wins in the playoffs. And, and mm-hmm. I don't think there's a huge home field advantage as there might be in football and baseball. And so the challenge was this time of the year, like you said, the, the importance of these games that we got to go on the road. You got to have real toughness when you go on the road, but you still got to do the things that it takes to win in baseball, pitch, defend and get some timely hits. And, and knowing that I got a bunch of hockey fans uh, in my program, I think I think that they're able to relate to, to playoff hockey. I hope the weather's better, though. It should be in May as you move forward to <laughs> get all that ice out of here. But nevertheless, uh, that toughness you talked about, you know, it's one thing to win a game 18-15. But like you said, the other night went in one nothing. 14 Ks, gave up two hits, got seven guys on the mound. Uh, like I said, just the mentality of a game like that really can set a team off, can't it? I mean, it's like the perfect kind of, hey, that is exactly what we're looking for here. Well, we, we've been praising our pitching depth and our talent all year, and the bullpen has been the real shine. Starting backwards, Prosecchi, you know, has emerged as a superstar closer, as as Coach Roger Williams has had so many over the years. And then working from there, the guys like Ryan Hawks, Evan Webster, uh, Tate Keener, older pitchers that, that we can pitch them in any role. They can start. They can run out of the bullpen with the bases loaded. They could get us two or three innings. The challenge we had was, okay, we need another starter or two to step up. Poland has been great. And as we're trying to find another starter or two to step up, it might be the same guy if it's a freshman. We need the freshman to kind of, as I – as I said the other night on, on the on the air, we need them to graduate. You know, I remember Skip Bertman, you know, when I coached with Mike Bianco, Skip Bertman would play the graduation theme over and over on a CD <laughs> in the locker room at a certain time of the year to say, hey, guys, you've graduated. Like, freshman year's over. You've graduated. It's time to, to pitch and play like an older, mature player. And and that's what I thought we saw the other night as we ran out Kyle Walter, Carson Liggett. Um, but to me, the the brightest spot of the night was Loman and Phillips, our first two lefties. Phillips has been a good starter for us for about half the year. Hit a wall, had a little setback. Coach Williams been working with him. Let's bring him out of the bullpen just to get a different look. And Loman was the opposite. Loman has been a talented reliever and can get out at any point of the game. But you know what? Let's see if we can start him. And I felt like coming out of the Vanderbilt game, we, we might have found our next two starters in Loman and Phillips mm. to go with Poland to have that nice uh, a weekend rotation. All right, let me, uh, let me ask you this. Some of that success the other night, was that because you ran out that red-on-red jersey? Because I got to tell you something. I turned on to watch the game, and I'm like, what is McDonald doing to the announcers tonight? Come on yeah. now, right? I I, I apologize. Um, I love Adidas. We're out of the box. We've always got we've got every uniform you can imagine. We got a Yankees pinstripe. We got a St. Louis Cardinals. We got the Astros. Um, we got yeah. the All Black for the for the New Zealand All Blacks, the rugby team. You name it. We've got like every uniform. So this was their new uniform for the year, and. I apologize. The red on red numbers. When you're up close, it's sharp and it's clean, and the kids loved it. Coach Williams really likes it because we pitched a shutout in it, so that's that's his new favorite uniform. But I do apologize, Stephen. Our SID was like, man, nobody could tell the numbers, and and I know it's tough on the fans. You know, I, I apologize for that. By the way, I know you're leaving town for the weekend. Uh, any tips about the Derby you can pass along? 
Well, no, I would just I would just tell the the wives and the women out there. My wife can help you with some 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 hat selections and dresses, and uh, she gets to go to the Derby every year, and it's a real treat for her. Um, unfortunately, because of the craziness in Louisville this weekend, they, uh, they 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 kick us out of town for for the right reasons. We we can't even get to the baseball stadium on Thursday today. Like today is what they call Thurby, so instead of Derby. On Thursday, they call it Thurby, and it's supposedly for the locals, but it's it's more than the locals. And then Friday is the Oaks um, and, and the Pink and the Breast Cancer Awareness, and then Saturday, of course, mm. uh, is the Big Shindig. And, and so it's just a, it's a really cool week in this city, really the last few weeks. NC State was in town during Thunder over Louisville, and Clemson was in town last weekend. They both stayed downtown, and they were like, Coach, man, it is – it is hopping down there, you know, post COVID. And, and now that everybody's out and about, you know, this city's ready to get back to celebrating one of its great pastimes. And, and so for me, it's the Derby. And then right after that, all right, no basketball, no <laughs> Derby. Let's, let's finish out with Louisville baseball. We're going to finish out this uh, interview with this question, coach. I need to know what is your personal walk up music? Could be game day, recruiting oh, yeah. trip, whatever. What is it? Mm-hmm. For you, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a great walk-up song, but my song, my favorite song of all time, and it was on my highlight videos, is uh, "Where the Streets Have No Name" by U2. And Ooh. and anytime I go on the radio here, one of the stations will play that U2 song, "Where the Streets Have No Name," kind of leading into my segment, uh, which which that was my song. My second favorite song, I have to say, is Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. And um, I like it when we have, like, 80s weekend or 90s week. I love when we have those weekends because I get to hear some of the old jams back in the day. Well, you got you two the there rest you of your career here on Packer and Durham. So we got yep. that locked and loaded moving forward. Hey, good luck the rest of the way. Right. Keep up there the great go. work. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Best of luck. You bet. When we continue biggest stars on your ACC campus. We've gotten some responses since the show started. We'll take calls and more next. Power Hour, including Charlotte North and Coach Pete at Virginia Tech on ACC Network. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371 and streaming on the ESPN app.